What are we discussing on today's podcast, you ask? Well, we got to discuss that almost D-backs come back in Game 3 against the Philadelphia Phillies. Then discuss, can Arizona tie it up in Game 4 and split the series? And then... On the YouTube, there will be a part two where Javi and I discuss and predict the next batch of MLB power rankings that Locked On provides. So the audio listeners will hear all three segments. The YouTube audience, you will hear the first two segments and then go to the YouTube page for the third segment for the third segment. All on today's Locked On Diamondbacks podcast. You are locked on Diamondbacks. Your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. A championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. So for parts that fit Head to eBay Motors and look for the green check. Stay in the game with eBay Guaranteed Fit. eBayMotors.com. Let's ride. eBay Guaranteed Fit. Only available for U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I'm Miller Thomas, host of this wonderful podcast. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer. So please go check out my website, MillerThomas24.myportfolio.com. I'm there you can see all my latest work, from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. If you want to see more content by me, just follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account, or just look up Locked on Dimebacks about Twitter, Instagram for the podcast handle. And of course, thank you for making Locked on Dimebacks your first listen every day. I would not be able to do this podcast without you, my loyal listeners, sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. It's free and available on all platforms, so please continue to tell your friends. But now, let's discuss this D-backs Game 3 loss to the Philadelphia Phillies. I'm not sure if I called it a victory early in the podcast, but the D-backs lost 4-3 to the Phillies in extra innings, and this was a bittersweet game this was a little bit sweet because i did go with a few of my co-workers shout out gary barry for hooking it up with tickets so it was fun to go watch the game with the boys and found a few brewskis and watch my boys on the field you know swing the bat and throw some pitches but unfortunately the d-backs were not able to get it done and they have now lost the second game in a four game set to the philadelphia phillies and Another reason why it kind of hurts, not just because I want to see the D-backs thrive and prosper, of course, but because I kind of got a personal bet with one of my friends back home in Jersey who's a Philadelphia Phillies fan. I bet him that the D-backs were going to win this series. I also bet them, I also just bet him straight up the D-backs money line in game two and game three. I did double or nothing for game three. I came away with nothing because i have to give him double the money that we originally wagered now so this d-backs team is not only hurting my feelings and my emotions but they are now hurting my pockets and when you look at this game it was kind of weird because merrill kelly had a pretty unorthodox box score by his standards because like he went six innings, right? That's not weird for Merrill Kelly. We know Merrill Kelly is a workhorse. He had seven strikeouts. That's like a pretty good Merrill Kelly day. I mean, he's having like a career season in terms of strikeouts per nine. He threw 102 pitches. We don't always see him, even though he's a workhorse. Tory Lavelle doesn't love his pitchers throwing over 100. So you got the seven Ks for Merrill Kelly, which is a pretty good number. You got over 100 pitches, which you don't usually see. He only gave up three hits, which is pretty nice as well. But the three earned runs, the four walks, and the one home run allowed 
really where this game was lost for Merrill Kelly from a pitching standpoint, it wasn't the amount of hits he gave up. It was when and the kind of hits he gave up because he gave up a leadoff triple, which led to a run. He gave up a leadoff double, which led to a run. And then he gave up a home run. So he only gave up three important hits, but they were all extra base hits. Like he almost gave up the cycle in his first four hits that he allowed in this game. He only allowed three, but if he allowed a fourth hit and it was a single, he would have given up a cycle on just four hits, which would have been crazy. So it's like, Mel Kelly, I don't even think was bad in this game. I do think that second earned run he gave up. I think if Nick Ahmed charges the ball, the D-backs had a chance of not giving up that second earned run, but what can you do? Nick Ahmed is a pretty great defensive player. And we even saw that one play where he had that ground ball, hits a little divot in the dirt, it skips up, and he just bare hands it, throws it over to first. Like if you, and also with Christian Walker over at first base, like you just throw it anywhere in that vicinity. He's a big polar bear. He's going to catch it and knock it down. And the defense was kind of a big reason why the D-backs didn't win tonight because in extra innings in the top of the 10th, Scott McGuff, who was pitching really well in this game, gives up a little pop fly to right field. You're like, all right, there's already one out. This is going to be the second out of the inning. You're going to keep that runner on second because of the rule, of course. We start on second extra innings. Like, he's going to stay right there. And, of course, it was Trey Turner on second base. So you had the fastest player, you know, one of the fastest players in baseball already starting at second. And it looked like McGuff was going to start off with back-to-back outs and just really put the D-backs in a strong position to win the game. And instead, McCarthy, I don't even know who he collided with. I think it might have been like Keta Marte or Perdomo. And they just collide on an easy pop-up, miscommunication. Turner goes to third. Whoever was at the plate goes to second base. And then Casianos comes up, sacrifice fly. And that gives the Phillies the 43 lead. And the D-backs in the bottom of the 10th, you know, I really wanted Corbin Carroll to walk it off. It would have been the most perfect narrative Carroll off the bench. We were all standing up chanting MVP for Corbin Carroll. Unfortunately, he couldn't come through, but I don't blame him. You did get a great performance from Christian Walker, who did hit a super clutch home run in the eighth inning because the D-backs offensively were like dead in the water for all this game. Like that's been kind of the sad part about this D-backs Philly series. Like outside game one, the D-backs the last two games haven't exactly brought it offensively. It's been the Phillies going after this D-backs pitching early and often, and maybe the D-backs respond a little bit later in the game. Maybe they chip away a little bit, but they haven't been able to make that full comeback. They were at least able to tie it in this game with a Christian Walker home run. One of my buddies I was with called it. He called it before the inning, so I got to give a shout-out to him. But the home run was cool to tie it, but the D-backs weren't able to complete the victory. We know they're the answer backs. They did answer when they were down 3-0, but they weren't able to finish the test. And unfortunately, the D-backs take the loss. Now they're 41-27, which is still a phenomenal record on the season. Nothing to be ashamed about. But I would have really enjoyed a D-backs come from behind victory, a D-backs walk-off where Corbin Carroll is the one putting the cherry on top. That would have been really nice. A couple gripes that I might have had with the game. I don't know. I think like Carson Kelly, when the game was this close, he had a couple at-bats later in the game where I'm like, I don't care if Moreno's a righty too. Just put Moreno as a pinch hitter for Carson Kelly because Carson Kelly right now at the plate, like it just feels like he's dribbler after dribbler. Same with Nick Ahmed. Nick Ahmed has had moments earlier in the year where he comes through and has been real clutch. But you look at his offensive stats right now, he just hasn't been good. And the D-backs had an opportunity 
later in that game um, when Nick Ahmed was at the plate and he didn't come through and I wasn't that surprised. Yeah, after that Christian Walker home run, you had Marte on first, Evan Longoria on second. So you did have like another runner in scoring position, of course, two outs. Rojas was running for Evan Longoria, so you at least had some speed on the bases. And Nick Ahmed grounded into a fielder's choice, and I wasn't very surprised they did that. I, I think, I mean, in the end, it kind of all worked out. Even though the D-backs didn't win, you kind of had the perfect opportunity where you had Corbin Carroll up at the plate. But I don't know. Even though when there's a lefty on the mound, I know that's why Nick Ahmed stayed in the game. But would I rather have... Nick Ahmed with the righty versus lefty matchup or just put the hottest player in baseball and Corbin Carroll in the game to go lefty versus lefty. I think I would have still won Corbin Carroll, even though in the end you did get Corbin Carroll at the plate with two outs to walk it off. That's kind of like the perfect scenario that you want, but it would have been kind of cool to see Corbin Carroll come in a little bit earlier in the game or Marte or Gabriel Moreno. Like literally once you got to the seventh, eighth inning and it was still Carson Kelly and Nick Ahmed getting big at bats in a close ball game. I was like, all right, let's maybe pinch hit these guys for someone that can actually put the ball in play. And Toy Lavello didn't. In the end, I don't think that's what costed him this game. I do think what costed the D-backs this game was that defensive miscue in the top of the 10th where Jig McCarthy, that other player, just ran into each other because I think the D-backs... I mean, I don't know if they win the game, but they at least go to the 11th inning if that play doesn't happen. I really, truly feel that. So D-backs kind of they kind of squandered this game, but it was exciting. It was fun. I was in the building, and I still had a great time. Now let's talk about if the D-backs can split the series and win game four. Before we get there, though, I want to talk to you guys about bird dogs. And let me get my little overlay on for the YouTube audience because, come on, bird dogs, why are you not popping up? Whoa, there you go. It was delayed for a second. Okay, bird dogs. The reason why I love them is because bird dogs make you look good. Bird dogs stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemons, but fit way better. They fit way better than regular shorts that are made of stiff, restricting cotton. Bird dogs Fix that issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Bird Dog uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. I currently don't have them on, but that's because they're in my laundry, in my dirty hamper basket because I wear them so often. I got two pairs of bird dog shorts. My absolute favorite thing to put on if I'm going to the gym, if I'm going to the walk, just the grocery store, like they're so comfortable and you can wear them for so many different activities. So go to birddogs.com slash locked on MLB and enter promo code locked on MLB for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddog.com slash locked on MLB for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. And don't forget to catch every D-backs pitch on their hometown broadcast when you download the Sirius XM app and search up Diamondbacks.
All right, all right, all right. Let's get back into the D-backs podcast and discuss if the D-backs can tie up the series in game four because you got Aaron Nola versus Ryan Nelson. And on the surface, you're like, okay, Aaron Nola, stud, one of the best pitchers in baseball. Ryan Nelson, still a youngster. This should be an easy Maybe not an easy one because the D-backs are legit, but this should be a matchup, at least from a pitching standpoint, where Aaron Nola dominates Ryan Nelson. Maybe the D-backs still win because we know the D-backs can out-offense anybody once you get to that bullpen, but you at least look at it from a starting pitching matchup, and you're like, big advantage Phillies. But let me give you the quick good and bad on Ryan Nelson because Ryan Nelson, let's start with the good, has already faced the Philadelphia Phillies once this season, and he did it. At uh, He did it at the Phillies ballpark, so you do like to see that. And for Ryan Nelson against the Phillies in his one start this year, he had six innings pitch, one earned run, only three hits allowed. Like, it was one of the better Ryan Nelson starts all season. Four strikeouts, no walks. Like, that's the good with Ryan Nelson. We've already seen him against his Phillies team, and we've already seen him dominate once this season against his Phillies team. So if you want the good, can't have much more good than that. He's made, like... 10 starts this year, one of them against the Phillies. He's made 13 starts this year, one against one of them against the Phillies where he gave up no earned runs. And considering Ryan Nelson has a 4.95 ERA, that means he gives up a lot of runs. Now, if you want the bad on Ryan Nelson as to why he can go bad in this matchup against the Phillies, not just because he's Ryan Nelson, a youngster, going against a veteran, pretty star-laden Phillies lineup. Well, Ryan Nelson is not exactly great against left-handed batters Ryan Nelson against lefties uh this season or not the, just this season but in his career he's got a 292 average and an 893 OPS allowed to lefties throughout his career I believe let me just double check and make sure um I'm looking at Ryan Nelson's career splits and not this season splits Ryan Nelson this season, yeah, so those were his splits for his career against lefties. His splits this season against lefties, Ryan Nelson's given up a 330 average and a 996 OPS. Let me say it again because I slipped up a little bit. A 330 average and a 996 OPS allowed to lefties. Ryan Nelson has not been good in that area this year. And when you look at that Phillies lineup, some of the scariest guys in that lineup, Kyle Schwarber, who hits big bombs, Lefty, Bryce Harper, two-time MVP, lefty, and Bryson Stott, who's a pretty darn good youngster. He's a lefty as well. Can even throw Brandon Marsh in there, who's like, uh, just a solid veteran. So, like, when you look at that Phillies lineup, some of the best core players that they have in that lineup are lefties. Schwarber and Bryce Harper are true superstars, or at least Bryce Harper is. Schwarber is a star player. All-star level player. Then Bryson Stott looks like he has a potential all-star campaign coming at some point down the line. So you got to be careful for your Ryan Nelson. The thing when you look at this series, the Phillies offense has been great at at going after these D-backs pitchers early. Like in game one, Tommy Henry was getting shelled early in that game. Zach Davies in game two. Barely made. I don't even think he made it through four innings because he was getting tagged up so early. Then Merrill Kelly. I mean, he only gave up three earned runs, but they did kind of come early, right in the second and third inning of the ball game. So this D-back starting pitching has been kind of shaky in this series against the Philadelphia Phillies, and part of that too is because this Phillies offense is heating up. Like we do have to give this Phillies offense credit for 
playing well. I mean, they do have one of the highest payrolls in baseball. Like, it shouldn't be a surprise that this team is starting to finally play well and hit their stride offensively. Before tonight's game, if you looked at their last 13 games, this offense for the Phillies was batting 291 as a team with over 800 OPS. So this team is definitely hot. And I don't know if Ryan Nelson's the guy to cool this Phillies offense down. Probably not. But if you could get five innings and four earned runs out of Ryan Nelson, and hopefully this D-backs offense can go off against Aaron Nola because I haven't even discussed yet how Aaron Nola in his career has been kind of mid against the Arizona Dimebacks. In two starts at Chase Field in his career, he's given up 12 earned runs in nine innings pitch, and in four starts in his entire career against the Arizona Diamondbacks, he, against the Arizona Diamondbacks, he's given up 19 earned runs in 20.1 innings pitch. So Aaron Nola in his career has kind of been pretty shaky against the Arizona Diamondbacks. I don't know why exactly, and he's also not having the best season either. So if you combine the fact that Aaron Nola has been struggling this year and he struggled in his career to this D-backs team, hopefully that's enough to suggest that the D-backs can get back on track and at least split the series in Game 4. Aaron Nola on the road this year is allowing a... Uh, 683 OPS, which is nothing crazy, and a 241 batting average. But both of those numbers are slightly higher than what he does at home. He's a better home pitcher than on the road. Those numbers aren't like anything eye popping, but just shows you he's a little bit more. Uh, you, you could attack him a little bit more on the road. And considering his ERA, Aaron Nola, I still think is probably a stud pitcher. He's probably run into some bad luck this year, but considering. He has run into bad luck this year. The D-backs have run into a lot of good luck, and they've kind of dominated Aaron Nola throughout his entire career. Hopefully, the D-backs can split the series in Game 4. Now, we're going to get into Part 2 with Javier Reyes of Lockdown Padres, but first... And don't forget to catch every D-backs pitch on their hometown broadcast when you download the Sirius XM app and search up Diamondbacks. We talked a lot about the MLB All-Star ballot. Right here for our YouTube audience, I'm going to put up a little graphic. It is last month's MLB Power Rankings because apparently at Lockdown Network, we like to do monthly power rankings. And so there should be a new one hopefully dropping this week. Otherwise, this segment looks kind of dumb. But for our audience... <laughs> Here is the latest MLB power rankings from May. And just taking a look at this, Javi, who really stands out as teams that could rise or fall? Because, of course, you got your team there, the San Diego Padres at number seven, which is probably a little high yeah, when you think about yeah. May 10th. A team like the Astros, <laughs> number 15. Uh, I mean, there's probably some other crazy ones. Maybe the Oakland A's shouldn't be 30th anymore after this six-game winning streak or whatever they have. Marlins at 22. I mean, they're like a 500-ball club. So, Javi, looking at this graphic, and I could take it down or I could leave it up. Whatever you need, sir. Um, who do you think is going to be the biggest riser or faller come next power ranking update? Throw that bad boy up. One right, I'll throw it back up for you right here. Um, it's tough, man. I think Yankees at 14 is way too low. And I That's think that them being in third isn't fair as a criticism for them because it's, you know, like it's a stacked division. So I, I that's that's part of it. Um, and then the. Like you just said, like the Miami Marlins, got to put them up a couple steps. Although I'm not fully putting them just because I don't quite fully believe it just yet. Fully, 
Blue. I need a little bit, tiny bit more time uh, for them, but I do think that they're clearly like significantly better than they have been in the past. Um, I'd move Milwaukee down. I'm just not buying it. That yeah. team has never scared anyone. I guarantee you, Millard right now is going to be like, if we saw them in the playoffs, like bring it on. I'm not scared of them. Yes, just, it's just like, oh, you. So we have to. You think the team that nickel and dimed its best pitcher, like that's going to scare me in the playoffs, and that won't come back to bite them karmically? Great, awesome, sounds fun. I would love the Padres to play them too. Uh, so I'd move Milwaukee down, especially since they don't even lead their division. And even if they were, they're probably going to do what they did last year and then trade out of first place. So I'd definitely move Milwaukee down. Um, D backs. Uh-huh. I moved them up by a couple spots. Oh, yeah. Uh, but in fairness, number nine was good. That yeah. wasn't a slight. No. Right? But I moved them up a couple spots. Um, and then the Rangers, when I last did this with Ryland, I think they have to be top three um, next to the Rays. Uh, like highest, I think they have the highest overall run differential in the sport currently. Um, mm-hmm. I know that the Rays started off obviously so on fire, but it is the Rangers with the highest run differential in the entire league. So they deserve a lot of love. Yes, the DeGrom injury does hurt, though. I still think number three for them is good. And then, yeah, I mean, you move the Padres down, man. You got it. Uh, this, it's yeah. been a while since we did this. This is May 10th. But from seven, I'd put them right kind of maybe where the, the, the Mariners are around there. And I know that sounds a little bit weird but because the Mariners have been a little bit better. But I just like that the Padres have at least had a couple areas of their team where they've been good. Where I don't think that teams like the Mets, teams like, uh, you, you know, Cleveland – have barely had any bright spots in some ways. Um, Philadelphia as well. So that's just me. What do you think? Yeah, I think the top four is pretty good. I think you do want to get the Rangers and D-backs probably to make a top six, but at least having those four teams in the upper echelon, the power rankings, Rays, Braves, Dodgers, Orioles, that feels right. Those are four of what the six 40 win teams that we have in major league baseball right now. We don't have a ton. So those four teams being near the top of this power ranking feels right. Sadly, like, yeah, you said Padres got to go down. The blue Jays probably got to go down too, because at the time of this power ranking, I mean, if the Yankees are 14, I mean, the Yankees are above the blue Jays right now in the ALE. So it's like the blue Jays probably have to drop down mm-hmm. into those teens. The pirates are probably cool where they are um, at 11. Cause what are the pirates leading their division or right near it right now? The Angels, they're probably a team that's actually probably sitting 12th, which is pretty fair because they're a few games above 500. Um, A lot of these teams are probably pretty good. The Padres, I think, are going to fall. The Brewers, Mm -hmm. I think, are going to fall. D-backs go up. I think the Astros have to go up. They've been one of the hotter teams in baseball of the last few weeks. Uh, And even with them getting hot, I mean, the Rangers are still multiple game lead, which is crazy to think about. Way too much of an overcorrection by our hosts, putting the Astros at 15th. Just going to throw it out there. Like, they had a... had a week first what like month and everyone demoted them from number one to like 15 i was like come on guys like like give them a second they just got altuve back and they've got to get some good pitching as well like they're gonna be fine they're they're yeah not gonna lie that might that one might have been personal for a couple people when they put (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's true (laughs) someone some people might have been like all right i can't even say that that. we're gonna need i might do some post editing on this (laughs) you're getting killed out of here man (laughs) when we are done but uh yeah outside of that marlins probably deserve a little bump even the giants you could give them a little bump too just because they're above 500 they're playing decent baseball but for the most part i don't think this thing is going to be crazily rerouted honestly the padres look like the biggest follower and i think the yankees and astros are going to be the biggest risers from this but the fact that a team like the phillies at 19 were there a month ago they're still probably be in the bottom half of the league which is crazy like the mets 
might even fall a couple spots because they've been so bad. Like a lot of these high payroll teams, I think that's probably the biggest thing when I look at that power ranking. A lot of these high payroll teams are going to start dropping the bottom half of the power ranking. And we discussed last week, is it going to be a trend or something with baseball and these low payroll teams uh, performing better than high payroll teams? I don't think so, but I just think it's kind of funny and interesting to see so many high payroll teams in the second half of this. And probably the saddest thing is the Cardinals being number 24. They're probably, they might fall down in the power ranking after being number 24 a month ago, which is pretty sad. Some would say it's sad. Others, <laughs> others, maybe not. Others, maybe not. You know, I'm just saying mm. uh, maybe, I don't know. Don't count on Adam Wainwright for the fifth year in a row at his oh, age to lead your rotation. That's, that's just an that's, idea. Maybe, maybe consider going out for Castillo or literally anybody. Ah, I could be crazy though. Hey, we got a couple of, we got a dude named Carson Kelly. If they want to run back that Paul Goldschmidt <laughs> trade real quick, we'll send you Carson Kelly. Who knows? We'll love to bring Goldie home as a little DH. I don't know. Maybe he could play the hot corner, play third base. Cause Christian Walker is elite defensively at first base. So I wouldn't move him there, but yeah, yeah those are power rankings. Hopefully we get um, some new ones soon. Hopefully we get a little locked on update because, uh, I really don't know when those come out, and I haven't seen anything in my email about. I honestly haven't participated in any one of those because after I put like after I do like the first this three, I'm like, we're to force performance from you today. All the, all these editing jokes, and now you're like, hey, this whole segment, I didn't even vote. Like, <laughs> if it makes anyone feel better, I don't vote in the general election, the presidential like election, trout slander. Yeah. <laughs> I don't believe in my I don't believe in exercising my right to vote. Okay, I know it's a privilege, but you can just strip that one away from me. I don't need it, guys. Okay. Hey, guy, get up early, hit a pole, stand in line. Nah, I live in Arizona. It's hot out here. I'm not trying to stand outside. But yeah, that's Javier Reyes. Another Tuesday crossover. Might uh, This is at 30 minutes now. Might be like 25 minutes when I'm done in the post edit. <laughs> <laughs> send it back to you. We'll see what we do. performance. You're yeah. playing game six for this game right now. We're feeling it today. But hey, where can my listeners find you, Javi? You can find me at Javipeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, where I tweet about a bunch of nonsense, sometimes the Padres for sure. But if you want only Padres, at L-O underscore Padres. Got a fun Cleveland series coming up. Going to be recapping that as well as uh, probably, so this will be the next episode by the time people are listening to this, recapping that first game and then talking about this free agency class that I alluded to being so bad and what it says about the sport and potentially what it says about the Padres. So that should be a lot of fun. Um, and that's that's it. That's gonna be recapping and previewing, and oh, hopefully the Padres can get on a roll, man. I would really uh, like that, especially before the next time our two teams face off. That'd be great. And again, I'm after in the pot saying I hope they don't get on a roll. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I wish for you and happiness and all your endeavors in life, Javi. But this is the one thing where I need you to not be happy. And unfortunately, it coincides with the baseball season and the podcast. I hope your numbers go off. But I hope they go off because of the misery that you spew into the mic <laughs> with how bad your team is going to be. Yeah, That's just how I feel. But for a Padres listeners, I created Thomas Twain for for the personal account on Twitter. If you want to see tweets by me or look up Lockdown Diamondbacks, Twitter, Instagram, on all your podcasting platforms. And please, 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 if you want to see Javier Reyes on YouTube, well, you can hit subscribe on either Locked on Dimebacks or on Locked on Padres because, of course, we're dropping a crossover YouTube video. Javi, until next Tuesday, I guess, sir. See ya. Now, where is my outro? Boom. That's it for this edition of the Locked on Dimebacks podcast. Thank you to everyone who tuned into today's podcast. Come back tomorrow for more Dimebacks news coverage and insight. Thank you for making Locked on Dimebacks your first listen every day. If you do listen every day, put hashtag everydayer in the comment section on YouTube. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy. Doses.